0: Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina who was accused of murdering his son, Paul, and his wife, Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a myriad of alleged crimes including fraud and homicide. In our last episode, we continued our review of the direct examination of SLED Agent Melinda Worley. By the state. In this installment, we conclude our look at Agent Worley's testimony. That's all coming up right after the break. Wow! Nice!
1: Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba's socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds.
0: It is mid-morning on Monday, January 30th, 2023, the fourth day of the Alex Murdoch murder trial. Defense attorney Dick Harpudlian continues his questioning of Agent Melinda Worley, a senior criminalist in the latent print unit of the SLED Forensic Services Lab. Who is qualified as an expert in footwear and tire impressions. In our previous episode, Harpoodlian asked the witness a series of questions about a 3D rendering of the Murdoch property that was used by SLED agents to document the crime scene. As we begin today, the defense attorney moves on to ask Agent Worley about another area of her expertise, footprints found near the victim's bodies.
1: So let's talk a little bit about Footprints,
0: okay?
3: Okay.
1: So I noticed in your report, correct me if I'm wrong, that you were unable to identify, either exclude or include, a number of different footprints in and around the feed room, bloody footprints and other footprints, because of the quality of the photography.
3: Is that correct? I was able to attribute them to Paul's shoes, though.
1: Well, we'll talk about Paul's shoes in just a minute. But what's the process to take a photograph a footwear or imprint that's recognized by a number of different agencies, including the FBI. What's that process?
3: Place a scale, preferably an L scale, around the impression and document it with the camera parallel to the surface so you get a straight-on shot. Put it in the camera in raw settings so you capture all the data with that photograph.
1: So let me ask you, so the process is, first of all, you take a general photo- photograph of the Impression right? It doesn't matter what angle doesn't matter what the lighting is at that point correct
3: if you're just documenting That it's there
1: when you go to take a photograph of a footprint for forensic analysis later on to compare it to a known shoe you're supposed to do a couple things one You're supposed to have good lighting if you can get it right perfectly Two you're supposed to put a scale down next to it. I mean because you need to understand how big or how small the foot is and the distance between the treads. So the scale's a little ruler, just a piece of a ruler that you put down next to it to get some idea whether what an inch looks like, what two inches look like. And that's really important, is it not?
3: It is, to make sure it's to scale. Okay,
1: and then you're supposed to do a photograph straight down on it with, again, with good lighting so that you can have a, understand what you're seeing is straight on impression, correct? That's right. Now was that done on any any of the impressions that y'all
3: analyzed? no we didn't recognize on scene i'm sorry we didn't recognize on scene that there was footwear footwear impressions in in the room
1: well that brings up another topic there was a what appeared to may have been a footwear impression on maggie's calf correct
3: i couldn't say that that was a footwear impression just an impression
1: well there was something on her leg that could have been a footwear impression correct possibly possibly And again, they didn't put a scale, they didn't do any of this procedure, correct? That's right. And it was in dirt. Yes. So, or mud, one. And so once her body was removed from the scene, that examination could never be done,
3: correct? That's right.
1: Matter of fact, none of the impressions could be examined after um, the next day at best, correct?
3: Not physically.
1: Right, I mean, you couldn't go back out and take a new photograph.
3: Right. So the procedures
1: followed were not the procedures recommended by every agency and in your agency, correct?
3: If, if I had realized that was footwear on scene, I would have documented it properly, yes.
1: But since it wasn't documented properly, we can't include or exclude except for Paul's, correct? That's right. Now, are you a uh, certified footwear examiner? I'm Yes. By who?
3: Well, within SLED, yes. I'm sorry? Within SLED.
1: Within SLED, but you're not peer-reviewed or? Oh, yes, I am peer-reviewed. By somebody at SLED. Every, yes. Your analysis is that one set of those footwear impressions is Paul facing the back of the feed room, right? Right. And yet we know, and they're bloody, so he's already been shot. Right. And we know he, the initial shot, buckshot, very small pattern, in his chest and came out underneath his left arm. Matter of fact, there was wadding under his left arm and buckshot went through the back window and embedded in the window You documented that, right? right? and then I think some of it embedded in a tree back behind that window, correct? I think, yes. And he's facing backwards bloody footprints. Has anyone discussed with you how he got faced away from where he was shot? No. Were the footprints smudged as if he was
3: turning? And there was blood dripping. He was stepping in the blood and leaving his own footwear impressions in the blood. I I don't know that it was smeared necessarily.
1: Well, we also know that a second shot literally his head exploded his brain flew out may have we know there's hair and blood all over that door up high There's actually hair and blood and pieces of his skull in the ceiling and around him assuming the first shot would not have been immediately fatal because it didn't get any critical organs he would have been alive for some period of time after that shotgun blast to the to the chest but the second shot, as you've seen in the pictures, and you were there that night, wasn't his brain laying at his feet?
3: It was beside his left leg,
1: yes. And he's, his feet are just, one of them is just inside the feed room and the other is not. Yes. And he's faced at it. Right. So, you can't explain how he got shot in the front when he's at some point, soon thereafter, facing backwards
3: can't say which way he was facing when he was actually shot the second shot he was right there at the door and i can tell you that
1: so he got from facing the back door after he was shot I mean the back window to facing forward for the second shot is that right right has anyone from sled briefed you on um, after you identified those footprints no they didn't ask for any explanation not for me no Okay. And you would agree that because of the way the scene was processed, most of the footprints, you were unable to do any comparison to because of the way the pictures were?
3: No, I was able to do a comparison, and they were mostly Paul's shoes.
1: Other than those two?
3: There was one right inside the door. There was one further to the left where the door was. Um, and then there were at least two by marker one.
1: And, and correct me if I'm wrong, at least one of those... Bloody footprints initially identified as Paul's turned out to be a police officer, isn't that correct?
3: No, it wasn't initially identified as Paul's, no.
1: But there was a bloody footprint near his that turned out to be law enforcement, correct? Yes. In the field?
3: Right.
1: In blood. Is that preservation of the scene that your standards require?
3: Not, not exactly, no.
1: Not exactly? Should the police be walking through the scene? No. Do we know what other evidence they may have destroyed?
3: I
0: have no idea. That's right, we don't. Dick Harpootlian shows Agent Worley a photograph. Have you seen this photograph before? Can you identify it?
3: It's not one that we took.
1: But it does it appear to be in the area you've been describing? Close, yes. In, it's in the feed room. So you don't know whose feet those are? No. Yeah. Did you check other foot impressions in the feed room and exclude Paul? No. There were other bloody footprints or impressions in the feed room. Did you identify
3: him as Paul? I thought I accounted for all the ones that we knew of. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with
0: Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news, Defense attorney Harpoodlian directs the AV technician to put another photo on the courtroom video screens and continues his questioning of Agent Worley.
1: Now, can we look at defense exhibit number two and we need to cover the screen. So, we've talked about this previously, just a moment ago. I'm gonna put it up here so we can blow it up. Okay, do you recognize this photo? Yes. Is that the way you saw Maggie that night? It is. Now, how about zoom in on her Calf, Right there. Yep. Somebody, even that night we see a note, thinks that maybe could be a a footwear impression,
3: or it could be something else, correct? I couldn't determine what kind of impression it was.
1: But you would agree with me there is something on the back of her leg that has some sort of pattern in it. It is, yes. Not naturally occurring pattern. Right. And this is the only photograph you received that night, or you received ever, of Maggie's calf,
3: correct? That's not the photo I used at all. I'm sorry? That's not the photograph I used at all for my footwear examination.
1: What photograph did you use?
0: 420. Harpootlian identifies the appropriate photo and Judge Clifton Newman enters it into evidence without objection. The defense attorney then asks Agent Worley to come to the monitor to answer his identification questions regarding the photo.
1: Shall I point to the jury where that impression is on her leg?
3: This whole area right here.
1: And it has, if you blow it up, you can see some regular lines as opposed to irregular, right? Yes. Which would indicate not natural, but when I say unnatural, man-made <clears throat> something, cause yeah. that, correct?
3: There's a distinct pattern to it. Okay.
1: Now, were you able to, why were you not able to get significant definition to compare it to a footwear?
3: I felt like I had enough definition, I just couldn't attribute it to any type of footwear.
1: Any type of footwear?
3: As far as... Any type of shoe, um, I wasn't able to attribute it to a specific type of shoe.
1: Okay. Now, and you would agree with me, there's no scale. Right. There's no multiple pictures of this from different angles for the purpose of giving you the more definition so you could make a comparison, correct?
3: There's
1: not. Um, so this was not done according to procedure?
3: I mean, I didn't know about
1: this on scene. Yeah, but as as your photographers take pictures, aren't they, I mean, wouldn't it be good just to put down a scale no matter what?
3: If I, if I had seen that, we would have. But I mean, somebody had.
1: A lot of these photographs are taken without you present, correct?
3: No, I was there.
1: You were there for that photograph? Yes. And did you notice the mud on her foot away? No. But as you look at it now, you agree that a better photograph taken under the procedures of SWED and the FBI and everybody else could have given uh, you a, a better ability to match it to a piece of footwear, correct? I
3: don't, I don't know that a better photograph would have given me better results. I, I think I saw enough of it to know I wasn't going to be able to attribute it to a type of footwear.
1: Without a straight-on shot, without a scale, without all the things recommended,
3: I couldn't. I couldn't even say it was a footwear impression. I just called it a based, an impression. But based on that, based
1: on that photograph, yes, which is not a photograph done to compare footwear.
3: It, not ideal. No,
1: not ideal. It's not. There's no. The standards say that is not within the standards. Correct.
2: Objection. Argumentative.
1: Can you answer the question? Go ahead. Yeah. The question is? The uh, question is, I'm sorry, Your Honor. you
2: understand the question? Yes. What's the answer?
3: It would be better to take the photograph properly with scale.
1: But you would concede this was not taken. pursuant. What you're saying is no one appreciated the fact that it was a footwear or could be a footwear impression that night, so no one treated it like a piece of footwear. Right. But we know that same night they didn't treat any suspected footwear according to procedures, correct? No scale. No multiple pictures, no 90-degree, right? Correct. Okay, thank you.
0: Go ahead and take the stand. Agent Worley returns to the witness chair.
1: So did um, you
3: participate in processing
1: Alice's T-shirt, shorts, and shoes?
3: The T-shirt and shorts, yes.
1: Okay, and what did you do with that?
3: As far as the LCD?
1: Yeah.
3: Um, we... Documented the entire process from start to finish with the, starting with the packaging that the shirt was in. Took the p- shirt out of the package, photographed it front and back, inside and out to show how it was before we did anything to it. Uh, then we hung it up and applied the LCV, which is a liquid spray. Any stains that we saw after using the spray, we documented those with photographs without scale and then we photoed with the scale. Uh, then we laid the shirt flat and photographed each of those stains on the shirt. It was stains A through H on the front and stains I and J on the back. Uh, we labeled those A through H, I and J uh, with scale and photographed each one of them before we did anything else.
0: Harpoodleian shows Agent Worley two more photos without objection.
1: Can you identify these please? Yes. Yeah. Is that the shirt that you saw it that night?
3: Not that night, no. When, when did you see it? When we processed it at the lab okay so
1: you would agree with me that this shirt doesn't look like it just came back from the laundry It's got smudges down here and generally stains here and there correct
3: not completely clean
1: yeah okay well that's it it's not completely clean
0: correct right harpoonian shows the witness another photo tell me what this is please
3: Uh, after we had sprayed the shirt with lcb we laid it in a grid to account for uh where on the shirt each stain was
1: and it seems to be something on the bottom that looks like a handprint does it not i didn't see a
3: handprint that was uh on the body cam footage where he was wiping his face with the shirt right there
1: Offer this evidence. Okay. okay and we agree that you did this with lcb right that's a what they call a presumptive test it could be human blood could also be animal blood it also could be detergent.
2: Next thing, Your Honor, could we ask one question at a time?
1: I'm trying to summary, um, but I'll do it. Okay. Could it be something other, something other than human blood?
3: It doesn't. It doesn't determine whether it's human or not.
1: Right. So it could be
3: animal blood. It's possible. Could be detergent. Uh, not I'd bleach, maybe.
1: Bleach. Okay. Um, what about organic matter like? Plants.
3: The only two I know of really is bleach and rust. The- rust? Right. Okay.
1: But there are other things that will, they'll, and that's why you do a confirmatory test. Right. And that's done with hematrace. I'm not sure how. I don't do that part. So. Well, do you know what the results were when they treated
3: it with hematrace? Uh, I'm not sure, no.
1: You never saw the report? No. No human blood found?
3: Okay, now, did you test a short? We did did the same procedure with the shorts.
1: And and there was was some presumptive, I mean, some indication that it was human blood or something else, correct? Yes. Do you know whether they ran a confirmatory test on that? I'm not,
3: I assume they did. Did you, well, but you don't know. Right.
1: Do you know whether, did you use LCV on the shorts or did you use something else?
3: We used LCV. Did you do the shoes? No.
0: Harpootlian puts another photo on the screen. Judge Newman admits it into evidence without objection, and Agent Worley acknowledges that it is a photo that she took as she again steps down from the witness stand to identify aspects of the photo.
1: So the angle, this is the doghouse, what's the angle on
3: this?
1: 84, 83. Yes, okay. Just wanted to make sure we all were on it from the same shooting even though you wrote down 96 in your report, correct?
3: In, in my. Diagram of that is yes.
1: right. The official four. The official.
3: My official notes say 84 degrees.
1: But I'm, I'm talking about what you, what we got. But I mean, we got our, your notes also. But in your printed document, you said 96.
3: On the diagram, yes.
1: Yeah, but it's only 84. Right.
0: Judge Newman invites prosecutor Savannah Gowd to follow up with the witness.
2: All right, All right it's early. Um, We saw this big diagram and then some other um, diagrams that you prepared. Um, What was the purpose of you preparing all these diagrams?
3: Show for that one where the evidence was in relation to each other, where the victims were in relation to the evidence, uh, where the kennels were and the the workshop overhang, uh, measurements, um, all the other diagrams, the doghouse, the animal cage uh, were to show more measurements of where the bullet defects were.
2: Would those be done for um, reconstructive purposes? That's right. And was that really done here on this case?
3: Not that I'm aware of, no.
2: And in this diagram, defense exhibit 29, we see two, three, four, five, six, and seven. And what do those indicate?
3: Those were 300 blackout cartridge cases.
2: This is not to scale, is that right? No, not at all. So what does that mean if something's not to scale?
3: It's not um, like an inch on there is not an inch in real life. It's uh, it's just an approximation of where everything was in relation to each other.
2: So it may not correspond to the actual dimensions of things on the scene. Right. Now, are you aware that there was um, stippling on the victim, Maggie Murdoch? Yes. And what does it mean if there's tippling on a victim?
3: Uh, close gunshot. Uh, it was, she was shot close range.
2: And the defense asked you about some different possibilities here. It's possible that people can move around? Yes. And it's also possible that one person could have had two guns? That's right. All right. Then we talked a lot about footprints. In the feed room, was there a bunch of bloody footprints? There were. I'm going to show you State's Exhibit 35. Are those um, the bloody footprints in the feed room?
3: Two of them, yes.
2: And those were determined to be the footprints of Paul Murdoch? Right. And now, just to be clear, I mean, in this picture, we aren't seeing, like, five sets of other bloody footprints. No. So, talked about some other footprints in the feed room. Could you kind of elaborate on that?
3: Uh Closer to the door, there was one, um, and also closer to the door, the actual physical door, there was one, a partial impression.
2: And did you determine who those footprints belonged to?
3: Those were consistent with Paul's shoes.
2: And is it possible that after SLED took some crime scene photos and moved Paul's body that someone could have come in along later and stepped in? Your Honor, we... Detection was overruled. Is it possible that if there were more prints in there that those could have been after SLED's pictures were taken?
3: Aye, sp- like. overruled. I suppose so, yes.
2: We also talked about footprints in states 194 and 195. Why couldn't you do anything with those footprints?
3: I was not made aware of those four impressions until June 15th when I saw one of those photographs.
2: So you didn't take any of these pictures while you were out there at the scene?
3: No, it was on the other side of the workshop.
2: And we have no way to know when these footprints
3: occurred? Right.
2: Um, now the defense showed us a picture of that dirt on the back of Maggie Murdahl's leg. Do we even know if that's a shoe print? No. Mr. Carley, could you please take a look at States Exhibit 70 and 71? Could you tell us what
3: those are pictures of? These are pictures of the front of the ATV that w- was parked uh, near Maggie's body.
2: Your Honor, the statement moves seventy and seventy-one into evidence.
3: Okay. without objection.
2: So, if we look here at um, defense exhibit nine, can you point out where the ATV was there the night of the murders? Uh,
3: that photo was taken on July sixteenth. It's there. but.
2: Where were the photos or the ATV on the night of the murders? Uh,
3: under under that overhang behind the doghouse.
2: This time I'm going to publish, takes Exhibit 70. Where was Maggie Murdoch's body in relation to this ATV?
3: It uh, would be toward the, the right of the ATV.
2: So it was kind of in front of the ATV? Yeah, yeah. And did you observe any kind of biological matter on that ATV? Yes. And State's Exhibit 71, could you kind of point out or describe for the jury um, where you can see spots of biological matter? Your Honor, may she step down?
1: Yes, Your Honor. What she indicated appears to be biological matter. Did she test? Was it tested? I have to hear the question before I can hear an objection.
2: Agent Forley, if you could please point out for the jury where it would appear to be biological matter or tissue on that ATV?
1: Object to the question. I object to the response because it was never. Tested. It appears, and it could be deer blood. It could be a number of different things. This calls for speculation.
3: Direction is overruled. So these areas are here, uh, a little there, there. I believe there was a little bit on the, this tire also.
2: Thank you it's
0: Judge Newman offers the defense one final opportunity for follow-up. Further cross examination. Oh, you would
1: concede? I mean, if you saw that, but you not? I mean, it looked like what? Yes. Did you test
3: it for blood? No.
1: Gather, swab something so you could take it back to the lab and see it with Maggie's blood, blood, Paul's blood, deer blood. I mean, they hunt in those ATVs, right?
3: I have no idea what they do in those.
1: You don't know if they hunt using ATVs? Really? Is that one of the things you're aware that's done with those? I am now, yes. But the night you saw that blood, you didn't take a swab of it, or whatever you thought was blood, didn't swab it. No, I didn't. As a matter of fact, there's a pool of water around Paul. Did anyone ask you to take a... Sample of that? No. Determine whether or not there was human blood in it? No. Now, I'm I'm looking at your shoe report. You specifically say on a number of these that the photograph is inadequate to do a comparison, right?
3: I was able to, my result was, it was adequate enough to determine outsole design. I I couldn't. I'm sorry,
1: adequate to do what?
3: To determine the outsole design of the impression. I wouldn't have been able to identify it.
1: Okay, on calls, the ones you've already said he was facing backwards. Did you say that you had partials, and at one point you didn't know which way the foot was facing? Did you say that? Uh, I'm not sure. Did you come to any conclusions about any, uh, any of the other, I mean, did you match his footwear to any of the other bloody impressions in that feed room? Yes. Which ones?
3: The one by the door, like right right in front of the doorway. What's the number of that? Item 105.1, facing the doorway.
1: It says that out, the outsole design is consistent with item 103, Paul Shue. So you also say that the way you got scale was, and some of these were evidence markers, and then you figured out how big the evidence marker was, and that's what you used to get to scale.
3: The the marker in the shot shells at markers 9 and 10 were measured.
1: And that's not the best way to do it, is it? No. And um, in terms of sketch we had, do you do a um, pretty crude sketch, but have you ever been asked by SWED or the Attorney General's office to do this trajectory analysis that I asked you to do today.
3: No, but I, I don't necessarily do crime scene reconstruction. Who does? I'm not sure. We don't necessarily do that ourselves. We process crime scenes and document it, but we don't do reconstructions.
1: But no one has consulted with you about a reconstruction. No one's come from SLED and said, let's go over these angles, or, you know, how did you c- conduct this, or nobody's asked you. No. Have you ever had a conversation with anybody in the Attorney General's office about this?
3: no i don't think so
1: they ever talked to you about uh the video we showed a little while ago of the process you all used to try to make a 3d
3: not with me with others who, who rendered the pharaoh software the video
1: they talked to people that did the pharaoh yeah i believe so what
3: i believe so yes
1: Do you know who that was and who they talked to no Do you know when that was not really no so they'd have a 3d image of the crime scene um and you don't know when they got it or what they did with it. They never talked to you about it.
3: No.
2: Thank you. Mr. Brown, we go to the jury room for a 10 minute recess. Please do
0: not discuss the case. And with the conclusion of Agent Worley's testimony and the break called by Judge Newman, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join our next installment as we begin our review of the testimony of a special agent with the South Carolina State Law Enforcement Division. Also, check out the Crime Story Podcast Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And, if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at CrimeStory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie Tholis. It was co-produced and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Thank you for joining us and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.